KSA Radio where you are family. Coming up in my trans journey, Rochelle Dreyer is speaking to us. Rochelle is a transgender woman who shares the story of her journey through being diagnosed with gender dysphoria, two failed marriages and attempted suicide. Rochelle's greatest joy came when she woke up for the first time as a woman at 38 and realized that this is who she was actually meant to be. Rochelle, how did your journey start? Well, um, my first questioning um, happened when I was around four or five. Um, We were on a holiday with friends and we went shopping and all of the girls got Alice Bands. And when I chose one for myself, I was told that I could not have it because I'm not a girl. And this threw me back a little bit because I didn't really see the difference between other girls and me. I was very confused. Um, Also, going to the bathroom, I just followed with the other girls. And I was reprimanded for this quite heavily. Um, After that, I kind of made a mental note of, you know, what I should be doing and where I should be going. Playing dress up was fun for me, but again, I was reprimanded because boys are not supposed to be doing that. And slowly I began to realize that something wasn't quite right. Um, I was a boy, but I did like some things that girls did. And this was evident through my youth. And um, I slowly figured out what I was allowed to do and what was a taboo. Um, Going on to that, uh, school was another big learning curve for me. Um, Sometimes I let it slip and I ended up in the girls' line for assembly or other activities, which I was reprimanded. And I had to constantly think and remind myself that I'm a boy. I need to go to the boy's side and do the boy's things. And it was just a nightmare. Um, I didn't have many friends in the lower grades as I wasn't really into like soccer and rugby and cricket and that. And um, I didn't have many uh, girlfriends either because um, the girls were like boys, yuck, gross, keep away. (laughs) And that sort of left me in the middle of everything and questioning why I felt like this. And that was the start of my depression. And I developed quite a bad stutter after that. From the depression? Yeah, that was it was all caused by the depression, which I only found out later on in life. Let's move on to high school. Oh my goodness, um, high school was torture, peer pressure, puberty. <laughs> puberty was something else. How did you handle um, that? Well, my body was going through changes, and it was like um, this feeling that something's happening to you. It just did not feel right. It felt alien, you know, and it, it, it just made depression even worse. And then I started to become attracted to uh, females, you know, and this was a bad space for me because by that time I learned how to fit in with the boys up to a certain level um, and how to act around girls, you know, uh, macho show off your arms and, you know, do sports, you know, the, the normal thing. And inside, I, I was 
I was hurting so badly because I knew something was wrong. Something was fundamentally wrong. And I just did not know what it was. I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So to fight it off, I put all my efforts into my studies and sports. And I even went as far to do something very manly like um, motocross. Yeah, and wow. that was my horrible high school years. <laughs> then at what point and then, um, you're going through high school, and at what point in time did you actually realize, wait a minute, I'm, I'm different. I'm, I'm completely different than anybody else around me. Well, at uh, that stage, I knew that from about standard four that, you know, something was wrong and I was a little bit different. Um, but it became very evident in about standard uh, six. I knew that I'm not like everyone else and something is wrong. How did you accept it? Well, that will come at a later stage. After school, okay, um, after studying, I got a job in manufacturing industry because that is what all men do, you know. So I put all my efforts and time into proving that I was good enough at my job. And the next thing in life, obviously, for a man is, um, you know, meet a girl, get married, have a child, you know, the normal thing. And two years after my son was born, the depression really hit me badly. And I went into a bit of overdrive and I started to lose my grip on life. And I went to go see a psychologist and we went back and forth for about eight months and they gave me an official diagnosis. I was uh, suffering from a condition called uh, gender dysphoria, which at uh, that stage I did not know even what that was. So that threw me completely off. So I did a bit of research and, you know, found out what it actually means. And I basically told my psychologist that there is no ways, that is not me. I'm sorry, but, you know, we're looking at this whole thing completely wrong. So um, I didn't uh, tell my wife because she would not have accepted it. So I struggled for about another six months after that with the depression. And uh, I just couldn't bear to live feeling like this, so I tried to end my life. Wow. Yeah, th that was um, that was a bad a bad thing for me to do. But you know, in in the um, circumstances, I just did not have the will in me anymore. I was just completely numb and broken. So um, obviously, that was unsuccessful. So I went back to uh, therapy with my wife at that time and then the whole story came out and um, she freaked and within a, a week I had a divorce uh, summons and my wife and my child was gone and yeah, uh, yeah I was re refused visitation uh, right for nearly a year and that just totally messed me up. I can imagine. And um, I followed with my, uh, um, my psychologist and he said to me that I needed to start exploring this side of me, you know, and see if it helps with the anxiety and uh, panic attacks, which it did. But afterwards, I was riddled with guilt and I felt ashamed, you know. I mean, I'm a man. Why am I doing this, you know? And I basically, one of the tasks was to uh, present myself as a female when I'm not 
at work, you know, in the privacy of my own home to see how I feel about it. So that freaked me out and I ended up uh, throwing everything out and deciding that I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm a a man. I've got to live a normal life, you know, a normal life in society. So I threw everything out and I carried on and time passed again and I met another girl and I got married and I had a daughter and I bought a house and basically uh, I had everything any man could ever want, everything. But depression and uh, panic attacks returned and the anxiety. So I thought, no, you know what, this is getting a bit crazy. So I went back to therapy to um, try and fix this. I mean, there has to be some sort of cure for it, you know. So um, I went to my uh, therapist and my wife came uh, with me. This is now the second wife, the the new wife. Yeah. And um, basically the beans were spilt there and the therapist told me, my wife, that I had to transition to be able to function normally in uh, society and, you know, to to be who I am. And my wife turned and said, no, she's not accepting any of this. Sorry. And she walked out. Oh and after that, things just went downhill. Uh, my body started to shut down due to stress and lack of sleep. And then I found out that my wife has been cheating on me for the last four years oh, and two days after that my father had a stroke and yeah basically put that together it was more than I could handle and uh, that was the uh, shove for my second suicide attempt wow. um, fortunately I survived that and um, when I got out of uh, hospital. I had no wife. I had no child. I had no house. I had nothing. I was thrown into. I was literally thrown into the street with one suitcase and my car. That is it. I, I stayed on the street for uh, two days, um, sleeping in my a car at the police station because that was the uh, safest option. And I managed to find a place to stay, and I uh, built myself up from there. Um, yeah, uh, that was basically the point in my life where I realised I could no longer, I could no longer live like this, and I wanted to die. I just, I just could not live like this anymore, any longer. So I had to attend mandatory therapy sessions due to my um, suicide attempt, which was very difficult. And basically, the mandate was that I had to accept that I was transgender and and move on with my life. Although I questioned it every day, I went through all the evaluations yet again, and then after that, I was prescribed hormone replacement uh, therapy for a three-month trial to see how um, it would interact with me and how I would uh, feel. Not much uh, happened after the first two months, but on two and a half months, more or less. Yeah, um, I woke up one morning and I just felt okay. 
okay. And I was able to breathe normally. Um, I saw life around me, the colors. Uh, I could hear the birds uh, singing. I was seeing things that I don't normally notice. And yeah, I just, I just felt like whatever was happening was doing something right. And I can't really describe to you the sense of uh, peace and euphoria I was beginning to actually feel. It's like I was in a dream and I was only uh, waking up now. And coming back to your question, it was only at this point that I realized that, you know what, I am a transgender uh, female and transitioning was the cure to my depression, my anxiety, my panic attacks. After that, my stuttering began to lessen and lessen. And now it's almost, it's almost not that noticeable anymore. So at 37 years of age, after living a life that didn't feel right, I started to transition medically and socially. Wow. And yeah, that's about at the point. What were the most difficult things you've had to deal with on your journey so far? And uh, how did this hurt or help you? Oof, um, to single out the most difficult thing would be impossible. Because each, um, each obstacle has its own ups and downs. And um, it's a bit different from each other. Um, in my opinion, my entire life has been difficult up to this point, and I can't tell you if it will get better or not. That depends on the future, uh, but I can I, I can give you a few sort of um, points um, yes, that were very difficult for me. Um, the first one was uh, coming to terms with being diagnosed with. Uh, gender dysphoria if you don't know what it is or how it works or you know nothing about uh, transgender or gender non-conforming people and um, this is such a was, real condition people don't realize but it's actually such a real thing it is yes it is very real and then the second one is informing your partner that you have this condition that was very difficult to actually do. Watching them take everything you own and love away from you, watching your kids shun away like you have some sort of a disease, fighting suicidal thoughts all of the time. A big one is the decision to transition. That's probably one of the biggest ones. That has to be incredibly difficult to take that decision. It is. Um, there's just so many things that go through your uh, mind, you know. What's your family going to say? What's your friends going to say? Uh, what is your uh, place of employment going to do? Um, you know, you m might lose your job. You might lose your family. You might lose your friends. It's a very... Um, it's really something big to think about before you uh, decide to transition. Um, taking my first dose of hormones and not knowing what's going to change or, you know, what's going to 
happened to you? Coming out to friends and family, having family tell you that you are dead to them, and transitioning at work and socially, dealing with transphobic and non-supporting people. And there's my favorite point, public humiliation in the beginning of um, transition. That is just plain horrible. Um, those are just uh, some of the difficulties. Um, each of them is equally hard to deal with in their own way. Coming to terms and e- accepting that you have gender dys- dysphoria was the most difficult thing for me to do because I was raised old school, being anything other than normal, you know, was just uh, something that was taboo. Not knowing anything about transgender or gender non-conforming people made it even worse. It's like you have this sick alien disease that very few people have heard of and there is no cure except you trying to uh, live life as this deformed person with this mental illness. It's just the worst thing in the world to do to yourself or to see anyone actually go through that. Only um, once I started doing research on what transgender actually was and I met my first transgendered person, my eyes began to see things in a little bit of a different light, that all of these strange people with this uh, so-called sick alien disease are actually normal, good, kind functioning people and that was quite a big helping hand because um, there are transgendered people all over the place and they uh, function pretty normally in uh, society you know Uh, starting HRT if I can open uh, that up a little bit it's very it's very difficult as you don't know how your mind and your body are going to react and obviously the dangers of taking uh, cross-hormone medication, um, like the risk of stroke, liver and uh, kidney damage, thrombosis. It's scary. It's, it's really scary knowing that you are, are putting this med- medication into your body and you know the side effects that you know you might get, but you're willing to take that uh, risk because it's either that or you end up in the grave anyway. So once the medication starts kicking in, it's like the uh, fog in your uh, mind sort of opens up and you start seeing things clearly. And <laughs> wow, uh, I tell you, it's it's, it's just it's just something unreal. It, it's probably the best feeling ever, uh, feeling that, you know, something's going on and something's going right and it's beginning to feel right. And of course I've heard with the, with the hormones, the emotional roller coaster you go on with the, the treatments is also something that you can't describe to anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, um, put it to you this way. Um, one minute you want to rip someone's head off and throw it against the wall. And five minutes later, you're just laughing for no apparent reason. And a little bit later on, you're crying your eyes out. You know, just uh, something so small. It's, it's, it's really an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it's, you know, if, you, if you look back, what you would use time was your darkest hour? My darkest hour? 
Yeah. Mm. My darkest hour was probably when my second wife threw me out and I was on the street with nothing, no place to go, no uh, friends to support me. That was basically rock bottom. I mean, that, that was... That in itself, I think that in itself, it's an experience that unless you've been through it, you you can't describe to anybody what you're going through at that point in time. Yeah, you would rather cut your arms off to get rid of the pain that you are feeling at that moment. It's probably one of the most painful experiences I've ever had in my life. You've gone through a lot of pain and you've gone through a lot of hurt. On this journey, have there been people who have been supportive to you? In any way? Um, I have had in the beginning stages. Um, the only support I had was from my uh, therapist because everyone else um, sort of kicked me to one side because I was um, so-called mentally unstable and um, I, I had this disease. Um, but after I interacted with a few people and explained you know that I am transgender and this is what transgender is and this is how to fix it and um, this is how you interact with someone like me and the main problem there is people are not educated and they are not aware of gender gender dysphoria and transgendered people your family um, immediate family how did they react were there support from them um well when i came up to them um they basically were so shocked that they didn't know what to say to me and no they were not uh, supportive at all at all um i did uh, come out to uh, two of my friends and the one uh, supported me for a while and then once the changes became evident um they sort of backed off and i still have a friend that has been with me um through at my transition and he has been an absolute pillar of uh, support. So this has been a very lonely journey? It is very lonely. It's very isolated. Um, it basically gives you a lot of time to think about everything and that is the worst thing to actually do is have a time on your hands while you are going through this because it brings up a lot of negative thoughts. So if you are transitioning, um, it's good to have a support uh, system, whether it be family or uh, friends or just, you know, someone who you can uh, go and see and speak to, you know, it, it, it helps tremendously. Now, the other thing I want to know is work-wise, how did work react and accept when you went through your transition? And this is a very interesting one because I'm, I'm in contact with you on WhatsApp and I, I got this picture the other day of you in a hard hat and uh, <laughs> with a caption that said, um, is this cookie is as tough as nails or something like that. And it made yeah. me smile. <laughs> you in the, in, in the manufacturing business, you said. Yes, I am. Um, it is probably one of the most manly industries that one can be in. <laughs> Yeah. And there you are. How did they accept it? How did they deal with it? How did you deal with it? Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the background. Okay. 
I have been working for the company for uh, 21 years. So I basically have been there um, from a young age. In uh, March 2017, I got the go-ahead to start HRT. On the 15th of April 2017, I took my first dose of HRT. And the 22nd of July, I decided, you know what? This is me. This is who I am. It's time the rest of the world saw that. So on the uh, 22nd of July 2017, I went full-time. But before I did that, I went to go see my HR department and my manager. And I said to them, uh, listen, this is what has happened. This is my diagnosis. I have been diagnosed with the gender dysphoria. I am fixing it by transitioning. So I am a transgendered female now and I will be starting work as a female. Um, yeah, this uh, threw them back a, a little bit. I can <laughs> imagine. They, um, they have been dealing with me for 20 years. So, I mean, it was quite a shock for them. So uh, I said to them, okay, so this is what we need to do and this is how we are going to do it. And I need my um, uh, documents changed to my preferred name and, uh, yeah, let's get the ball going. And um, my colleagues were a little bit uh, blown away. <laughs> um but I slowly um, started to uh, grow my uh, hair out and I started uh, coming to work with eyeliner on and then that uh, progressed to a bit of mascara and, you know, small changes over a period of a time, you know, just to get everyone used to the idea. And yeah, um, one morning I just woke up and I decided, right, today is the day I'm going full time and full makeup and hair done. And there we go. Off I went. And I've never looked back. That's just such a happy story. Yeah. It, um, by no means was it easy. No, I can imagine. Not easy at all because being the first person to do this at my company, um, you know, there's no procedures. No one knows how to deal with you. So it was a big uh, learning curve for myself and for them as well. And um, I'm pleased to announce that uh, I have uh, just finished uh, submitting a transgender employment and transitioning a policy to our company and if that gets approved it will become a standard not only for all of the branches in south africa but internationally as well wow congratulations on that one thank you very much it's not just a hard hat that's making her a tough cookie she is I am tough. I mean, if you, you have, have been be. through what if you have been through what I have been through, you know, you either uh, fold or you become as tough as nails. <laughs> you are incredibly brave. You are a very, very brave, unique, amazing soul. Thank you, Rachel. How far are you on your journey at the moment? How you know? Tell us um, how you are kind of today coping with things and uh, what plans you have for the future. Okay, basically. Um, I am living uh, full-time and I am uh, fitting into society quite normally. Um, I have a 
applied for my uh, gender marker change and my name change at the Department of Home Affairs. That was done in November 2017. And I'm still waiting for the Department of Home Affairs to process my documentation, which is an absolute nightmare. I've heard that could be challenging. It is very challenging because if I want to do anything, I I have to use my old identity documents. And I was at the bank the other day. Um, I needed to do some changes, and they asked me for my ID book. And, of course, you don't look like the ID book anymore. No. The lady behind the counter said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we are going to need your ID book. So, yeah, um, it's a bit of a challenge. um, I regard myself as a female now, and um, I'd like to begin to have uh, surgeries done, um, like breast augmentation, that I'd like to have done in the near uh, future, because HRT can only do so much, and um, uh, gender reassignment surgery or uh, sexual reassignment surgery or a gender confer- confirmation surgery is probably on the list in the near future because it's a big um, cause of my dysphoria, you know. Not having the right parts is crippling uh, sometimes. And also this is a huge decision to take. I mean, it's not an easy decision that you're making here. No, it's not uh, because once that's done, there's no going back at all. Would you want to go back anyway? At this point, um, after what I have been through and after the improvement in my life, I know that I should have been born a woman. I know that for a fact. I can guarantee that. I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred percent sure. So I'm scared of the operation because of the uh, risks behind it and the pain and uh, recovery and the expense of it. But um, am I scared of losing any body parts? No, because they shouldn't have been there in the first place. That is how I feel. If I ask you what is great about being transgendered, what would you say? (laughs) Well, um, there are so many uh, negatives about being trans in the world that we live in. Um, what is great about it? Well, for instance, um, who gets to live two completely different lives? One as male and then one as female. That is so true. And I was so waiting for you to say that to me. (laughs) I mean, the difference in um, everyday life from being male and now being uh, female, it's completely different. You look at things differently, you react differently, it's completely different. And it's exceptional because only 1% of the world's population get to actually experience it. So it's a very unique journey. Uh, not everyone can say that they have actually done that. So yes, that is one big positive. Um, going through puberty again. Um, yeah, that was... Um, that was interesting, I must say. It was actually quite very interesting. Um, dating, again, um, 
on the opposite side of the uh, fence. Yes, because you actually yeah, well, now got to do this. You've been on both sides of the fence dating in in, uh, in both genders, actually. Yes, um, it was probably after um, about the six month mark on HRT, where I uh, began to experience a definite, solid uh, shift in attraction. And that scared the hell out of me, (laughs) as you can imagine. Uh, All of a sudden, you um, uh, sitting speaking to this man and um, you kind of get this manly smell and you start looking at his arms and you look into his eyes and your heart starts beating fast and, you know, your um, stomach starts to turn and your legs feel like wet spaghetti and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) It's quite a shock. Um, Yeah, so that is an experience on its own. Let's just just, uh, say that. And then there's the clothes. Oh, my good. Wow. Men, you are missing out big time. You think? The the colors, the patterns, the cuts, the dresses, the skirts, the the make growing your hair, hairstyling, jewelry, shoes. Don't forget the shoes. Um, So you've got a thing for shoes? Yes, I do. (laughs) I do. How many Um, pairs do you... I just have to ask. How, How many pairs of shoes do you have? Um... To be honest, I have got uh, six pairs. Okay, that's not too bad. I've seen worse. Oh, don't worry. My uh, collection is growing rapidly every month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to add. Please do. Um, high heels are fantastic. They do wonders for the legs and for the butt. Uh, but oh, they are torture devices. Um, absolute torture. They do look very good, and they come with a hefty price tag, but uh, um, definitely a torture device that should have remained in the <laughs> medieval times. For any girl out there who wears high heels for longer than four hours, I bow down to you. I am not worthy. I'm good. It's, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult, and it's sore. It hurts your feet terribly. So, for all the guys out there, please, if your uh, woman wears high heels for periods of time, when you get back home, take them off and rub her feet. Trust me, she will appreciate (laughs) it like you cannot believe. I'm going to make a a mental note whenever I come back in the next life to make sure after this advice that I do not wear high heel shoes. Yeah, no. But um, what it what it does to your posture and to your your body and i mean every girl has to look good so i would say it's a worthwhile exercise what were the best things that's happened to you best things that have happened to me Mm. um i would say that uh, probably being a transgendered person because it's opened my eyes you know it's i've seen um i've seen both sides of life i've seen um I've seen what uh, happens to people. I've seen how uh, society reacts uh, to people. And since I started living an authentic life, I have made true friends. You know, people that are sticking uh, with me because they want to stick with me. You know, Um, yeah, I've... 
I've been accepted by uh, 90% of people uh, socially and at work as well. I have my two children, which I'm very thankful for. And for once in my life, I'm happy, you know. And you, I'm really, truly happy. And you are seeing your kids? You've been allowed custody or, or, or visitation rights? Yes. Um, it took a while to have that uh, sorted out. But yes, I have got full access to both of my children, which they are my life. And how did they accept they the transition? My, um, my daughter was fine. Um, you know, she uh, sort of got the idea that um, uh, so-called daddy is looking a little bit different. And she started asking uh, questions. So I just explained to her, you know, um, daddy was not uh, happy living as a man. So daddy's busy taking medication and doing things so I can become a woman and so I can be happy. And she said to me, okay, that's fine. Now uh, let's go put some makeup on. <laughs> you know, she's absolutely <laughs> fantastic with it. No problem at all. My son, on the other hand, um, it uh, hit him quite hard because he's looking for this uh, father uh, uh, figure, you know, and that's not quite there anymore. And um, it's quite painful um, for him because um, he wants a dad and he wants to do things with his dad. But I keep on explaining to him that, you know what, I am still your father. I'm the same person. We can still do all of those things together. But um, every every time I see him, I can see, you know, it affects him a bit. So, yeah. I think lastly, what I want to know is what has been trans taught you and uh, how have you grown during this journey? And then obviously advice that you have for other people that's starting a similar journey. That is quite a, a question. Basically, uh, the best advice that I can give me, it's hard. Um, it's very hard because there is, isn't a right way of doing it and there isn't a wrong way of actually doing it. Everybody's journey is unique and individual. Yes, it is very unique and individual. Um, basically, all I can say is make sure that you go to your uh, therapy through a, a therapist. Make sure you get a diagnosis and be honest. Be honest. Spend the time, you know, do the tests, go through everything. Make a hundred percent sure because you don't want to to get halfway through this thing and then you know realize that you've actually made a mistake and you've basically messed things up quite uh, seriously. So I would say go through that first. Make a hundred percent sure. What has this journey taught you? What is the biggest lesson you're taking away from this journey? Oh, the biggest lesson is people are very strange. They're very different. Not one person is the same. Um, you can come out to someone and you think that um, they are going to be accepting on Meanwhile, they are not. Um, there is a few things like how cruel 
and uh, nasty people can be. On the other side, it's also taught me how kind and accepting some people can be too. And I would say that being uh, true to yourself and other people around you and being the person that you are is probably the biggest and most honest uh, thing that I can uh, take out of this journey, knowing that this is the person that you are. And you know what? It's okay. Amazing. Anything else you would like to say? Um, I think we've covered quite a bit just on your trans transition, you know. Don't do it alone. I think You've that's got, incredibly uh, important, is that you need to have that support. Yes, you do need to have that support because you get days where you are completely broken and it's dangerous and you know you get suicidal thoughts and if there's no one there to uh, to pull you out then you're in a bit of trouble i know <laughs> i have been there not fun um go on facebook um there is a transgender awareness campaign of South Africa. There's a lot of uh, videos and information over there. Um, look out for uh, support groups. Um, YouTube is and uh, was one of the vital things in my uh, transition from day one because there's many other people like me out there um, that, that have docu documented their uh, transition and they talk about Every stage from day one onwards, uh, the good points, the bad points, um, what to look out for, um, how to do uh, makeup, how to transition into society. It's just it's a platform with so much information, and every single second of it is valid, and it helps. It's it's a it's a really good platform to learn. Um, I have my YouTube channel as well. And I've been documenting my transition from day one. And through that, I have helped so many people already. Rochelle, thank you so much. You have been an absolute pleasure to talk to. Thank you very much. And I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot still. That would be fantastic. Thank you. Great. Um, Gaysa Radio, we are family. I'm Rian, and uh, that was Rochelle Adria telling us about her transition on her journey as a transgendered person.